Uh-uh. You're going to hang out in here? Uh-uh. Okay. Okay. All right, we'll figure it out. We've, we've done dumber things. You ready, Mason? All right, here we go. Fink, to Ellis. Ellis, with the score. Welcome, everybody, to the Fantasy Giant Podcast Championship Edition. I am your host, the championship gameless biggest Joe, the Fantasy Giant. I am in a couple championships, but none that really matter. Joining me virtually, another man who uh, failed to get out of three semifinals. I am also not in any championships this week, and that that hurt me last week in every league. Oh, it was just a knife right into my heart. I could only imagine. I was beating myself up enough for a couple of lineup decisions, and then I saw your lineup decision that we'll talk about soon enough, and... Uh, it might have made me quit fantasy altogether. Ugh. Let's jump right in. Check out the fantasygiant.com. I will post everyone's keeper options on there. So if you're listening to this, go to the website and you'll be able to see if you're in the legacy league who you have uh, the chance to keep. Remember, the rules for the legacy keepers are pick them up for at least a buck. No one else owned them but you, and you can keep them going into next year. On uh, some NFL news. Looks like they're going to be a little bit relaxed on the COVID testing. That should help with some uh, fantasy playoff championships. We won't have any last minute scratches. Uh, Look, sounds like they're only going to test you if you're showing symptoms. So if you're asymptomatic, which I feel like most of these guys were, uh, Mm -hmm. you won't get tested. And hopefully there won't be as many close contacts or, you know, people getting pulled. Travis Kelsey's back this week, Dalvin Cook. So it seems like everybody should be back this week. All right, before we jump into our quick three, there is uh, one tweet that didn't quite make the list, but I did want to bring up. You're not a fantasy nerd until you rewatch an NFL game to verify the stats are correct after a close loss. Both of us have been in a couple of close losses this past weekend. Did you have to go back and look at anything? Is there anything you wanted to check? You know, it it wasn't as close um, as some of my past losses have been. Um, so it, it really wasn't worth me checking. You know, if it was a half point or something like that, then maybe. Um, but, you know, everything was by a wider margin than that, unfortunately. Or maybe fortunately. I guess it depends how you want to look at it. Yeah, close losses for me this week, but nothing where I had to go back and check this week. But there was two experiences that came to mind when I first read this. One of them, last season, the Philadelphia Eagles went for two, and Carson Wentz got stripped, and they blew it dead. And I wanted points for the defensive fumble, but they just blew the play dead, so that was it. No fumble because it was a two-point conversion. I got no points. Another time I remember... I was actually on the winning end of a really close game. I think I remember this game. (laughs) And I had to go back, check just to make sure it wasn't going to change. And uh, Mm -hmm. it worked out in my favor. It did. I did get the win. Mm -hmm. Time for our quick threes. Tweet number one. The NBA and the NFL went head to head on Christmas Day this past weekend. A behemoth versus a giant. It was. At 4.30, the NFL had the Packers-Browns game on Fox and the NFL Network, they had 28.6 million viewers. That sounds like a lot. That is a lot. At 5 o'clock on ABC, 
the Warriors played the Suns. Oh. And there was 5 million viewers. That is not a lot. That's a lot, but just not as many. Not, not compared to 28. <laughs> yeah, 5 to 1, over 5 to 1, watched football over basketball at the 5 o'clock. And at 8 o'clock, Lakers Nets on ABC and ESPN, and they had 5.7 million viewers. Meanwhile, 8 o'clock, Colts Cardinals on the NFL Network, 12.6. I think being on the NFL Network has something to do with it. Absolutely. You know? Being on Fox definitely gets that number much, much higher than 12. But still, unbelievable difference there. I think we mentioned it last week. Christmas was always an NBA holiday. And these last couple of years when they're putting NFL games on there, there is no complaints from the fans. We're you know, I, I mean, it's it's hard to argue with meaningful games later in the season, which it is now, versus you know, kind of mid-season games for the NBA. Eh, I, I know the players want to come out and play good, especially when it's on a national stage on a holiday and things like that. But it, it's just, it's hard to compete with football, you know? Exactly. You can't compete with the NFL. No. I mean, this town has been Red Wings crazy. They've been Tigers crazy. If the Lions ever, ever make a run in the playoffs towards the Super Bowl, this town would be crazier than we have ever experienced for any of the sports yeah it'll it'll explode in a good way <laughs> yes exactly the miami dolphins have been doing their best kyle impersonation they're on a seven game winning streak after losing seven games first team in nfl history to do that wow during their seven game winning streak though here are the seven quarterbacks that they beat Ooh, tyrod taylor mm. lamar jackson Zach Wilson, Joe Flacco, Cam Newton, Mike Glennon, Ian Book. Yeah, not, not a lot of great quarterbacks there right now. I mean, Lamar, of course, but he's been kind of hot and cold this season. Yeah, one quarterback that you actually got a kind of game plan for. The others, no. Yeah, you, you get excited when you see you're lining up against Ian Book. Yeah, or, or old man Cam Newton. And finally, tweet three comes from Ed Werder. Here's an all-timer for you. Dak Prescott, Sunday Night Football, threw a touchdown to a running back, a wide receiver, a tight end, and an offensive lineman. First quarterback in history to do all of that in one game. Wow, that that is impressive. That's very impressive. Yeah, I wish... Washington would have been able to keep it somewhat close. You might have been able to see Dak Prescott a little bit later in that game. Maybe you could have got a, an Amari Cooper a couple more points, maybe like six, and this would be a different <laughs> episode. But regardless, an amazing stat from Dak. It's something you would see like in Madden. That'd be tough to do in Madden. It would. You would, you would have to work at it. All right, stars from last week. Uh, the big ones, all those Bengals. I mean, Joe Burrow had everybody scoring points. T. Higgins and Joe Mixon especially. Uh, Josh Jackson from the Chargers filled in perfectly for Austin Eckler as he missed. Damian Harris had a huge game for the Patriots. Rex Burkhead had over 25 points for the Texans. He Yuck. got in the end zone twice. Oh, damn farts. And A.J. Brown returned and uh, had a huge impact in his first game back. Boo. 
Uh, quarterbacks we talked about, we mentioned Joe Burrow, obviously Dak Prescott with all those touchdowns, and Josh Allen. He had a nice, solid performance. Yeah, against a uh, pretty good defense. The game of the week, however, well, came from the Legacy League, and it featured yours truly as I was on the wrong end of it. The Farts held off the Giant on Monday Night Football. I lost 103 to 98. Amari Cooper had 18 points on Sunday Night Football to get me back into it. But what it really came down to, Steve's team did everything he could to keep it close. It was something where (laughs) I took a little strategy out of my cousin Tom's playbook. He does this all the time in fantasy baseball. The pitchers you're going up against, he likes to bet on. So either you win money or you're happy about fantasy. So I decided to bet on Matt Stafford, Cooper Cup, Mm. Alvin Kamara. None of them did anything. I lost the bets. (laughs) <laughs> they did just enough to get by me scoring the 103 points and i'm eliminated oh. so oh. no money no happiness and you should have saw the look on samantha's face when she said did you really just say you're either going to win money or be happy or be happy <laughs> like yeah, i'm not happy i lost to the farts no that that's tough man that's oh that's really tough. Yeah, but let's dive into the Legacy League. That was tough for me, but we got to jump into the other playoff matchup and talk about your decisions that were very tough, had to be tough on you. El Scorcho takes the loss 128 to 119, a close matchup. Both of you guys outscored both of us. Yeah. But what it came down to is a stud of yours sitting on your bench scoring 16.7 points, and that's Ezekiel Elliott. Sure. How could you bench him? Well, it, it's pretty simple. Um, so I had Madison going this week. He's a must start in there for Cook. A.B. back, Antonio Brown. Pretty much the only wide receiver for Tampa Bay. He's a must start. I got Nick Chubb in there. He's been better than solid all year long. He's a must start. So it comes down then to that final position. And it's Miles Sanders and basically Zeke. That's what it comes down to. Now, I am in the semifinals against the team that I believe has put up, if not the most points in our league this year, the second most points. He had a very good year. I need upside. I have to have upside. Now, Zeke is capped at right around 13 touches a game. We, we know this. The last few weeks, Miles Sanders, he's been touching it much more than that. Miles Sanders has been, the last two weeks before this past week, He had almost 100 yards each week. He has not scored a touchdown so far this season. You know, he he should be scoring a touchdown at some point here. So my thought was, Miles Sanders is going to get 100 yards. Will he or will he not get a touchdown? Don't know. Zeke, probably not going to run for 100 yards. He's probably going to run for 50, maybe 60, something like that. The question is, will he or will he not get a touchdown? I took the yards with the possibility of a touchdown. Now, if you look at everything else that happened in that game, Miles Sanders went down with an injury, for those of you that don't know. Yeah, broke his hand, I believe. Yeah, and I think it was about halfway through the game. The other running backs that played in the rest of that game had great days. They scored touchdowns. They got yards. Those were points that should have gone to Miles Sanders. So if not for an injury, I would be playing in the finals right now. That's really what it comes down to. There's another question I have to ask. Sure. 
Christmas Eve morning, waivers mm-hmm. ran. They yeah. picked up Justin Jackson. Sure. Christmas Day, after opening your presents at 1015, you decided to drop Justin Jackson. Sure. So at the time, he was not the announced starter. They, they were still thinking Eckler was going to start, um, and I needed to get some guys off IR. So at the time, also Tyler Huntley was still projected to play, who was the other guy I had on my bench. So I dropped the guy who I thought wasn't going to play and kept the guy who I thought was. A day later, it all switched around on me, and it was too late. I, I couldn't pick anybody back up. So Yeah, I was like, oh, my gosh, Josh Jackson's available. I got to go grab him. And then it's like, oh, he's available Thursday. And I'm like, what the hell? Is Ray in this league too? Picking up dropping players so no one can have them? Everything I did made sense at the time I did it. I was confident in my decisions. I I would make the same decisions again. Even with the Chargers defense, it got me negative points. It it was not a terrible defense going up against Houston. They should have put up at least five or six points. That didn't happen. They ended up getting me negative six points. There's your loss, you know? So hmm, there's not much you can do sometimes. Sometimes it's just, randomness that gets you so it was also randomness that got me alexander madison and there is a starter who helped me out quite a bit so it cuts both ways you also dropped the dolphins on christmas i did at 10 15 christmas morning you dropped 50 fantasy points well you know if, if i'd have known that i wouldn't have dropped them. <laughs> but you picked them back up and you started them today and i'm like wait why is he doing that and now it just clicked third place gets to draft their division that's right. I'm setting my lineup, baby. That's a huge advantage, as we saw this year. Because mm-hmm. you could really get screwed being in the wrong division like we did. Oh, come on, man. You know what's going to happen. Either you're going to end up third overall or I will. The other one of us is going to be the last pick, and we're going to end up in the same division again. If I get third place, you'll be my first pick. Oh, don't do that to yourself. Pick some chump. What? It's more fun to play you than anybody else. Uh, don't worry. I'm going to be there at the end. Nobody wants me. I, I think I'm going to alter the schedule in the dynasty so we play each other again since it's a meaningless game. Oh, this week? Sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah we can do it. I mean, my team's like <laughs> playing on one leg, but that's okay. <laughs> All right, but let's talk about the game that actually matters. Our championship game features two teams who have told me Neither of them have ever won a fantasy championship, any sport, any league in their life. Wow. Well, congratulations, guys. Something's about to change for one of you. Yes. One of them is going to have a great year and the other one's going to be kicking themselves again. But I know Ben plays a lot of fantasy football, baseball. I'm not sure if Steve plays as much, but he's been in this league a long time and he's had multiple third place finishes. So I know it's uh, exciting for him to get over that hump and get into the championship game. They did meet once prior back in week nine and the Washington Redskins got the 115 to 93 victory over I heart fart this week, looking at strictly projections from ESPN, they do project Ben as a slight 11 point favorite 121 to 110 and i got to assume that the lineups are probably both set for these guys as they go into the the weekend without hopefully any covid late scratches let's look at the key to the game the first for me is stud versus stud you have jonathan taylor running back one overall going up against cooper cup 
wide receiver one overall. And in a couple of groups I'm in on Facebook, there was multiple leagues who have this exact scenario. Obviously, these two guys have had monster seasons all year long. We talked about last week the gap between Cup and Hill, one to two, and then Hill to Thielen, two to 20. So Cup has had a monster game. Jonathan Taylor leads the league, touches inside the five-yard line, getting all sorts of touchdowns. Which stud's going to come to produce? I think that's the first thing that is going to determine the winner of this game. Yeah, so I wouldn't exactly call these next, well, one of the next two guys I'm going to name studs, but they're they're both high-end running backs this week. Um, it's going to be David Montgomery versus Alvin Kamara. Now, Montgomery's kind of been up and down the last few weeks, but not a bad guy to roll the dice on, especially against the Giants. And I, let's be honest, it's not really rolling the dice. You're starting him if you got him. Kamara, ooh, I mean, you got to play him, but you, you don't really feel that good about it. You know, Carolina's got a pretty good defense. The last two weeks, he's put up four and seven fantasy points. I mean, you're, you're not going into this game real excited about playing Elvin Kamara, but you, you got to play him. So I, I think whichever running back out of those two does better is going to give their team an advantage. Yeah, you got to hope Trevor Simeon or Taysom Hill is back for the Saints, which they should be, and that should uh, give Kamara a little boost compared to last week. Talking about running back still, though, he did it last week for Steve, got him over 25 points. We talked about him in the Stars of the Week. Can Rex Burkhead do it again? The Texans this week get a matchup not as juicy as last week. This week they're matched up against san francisco he's only averaged he's only projected to score 9.2 points he's averaging five points a game but again 25 points from rex burkhead really put the farts over the top last week and we'll see if he's able to come back and produce this week at san francisco it's hard to really pencil him in for another even 10 15 points this week um but the the other one of the other matchups i'm going to be looking at is the farts ravens versus that la rams defense so we've got mark andrews and hollywood brown going up against Jalen Ramsey, Aaron Donald, and the rest of that vaunted defense. And not to mention the offense, you know, they're, they're going to have to keep pace against Stafford and Cup and all them. Uh, so it, it'll be really interesting to uh, see how they fare because Mark Andrews, I mean, he's tight end one. He's by far the best tight end in the league this year from a fantasy standpoint. And Hollywood, he he's kind of been a little up and down. I mean, he gets plenty of targets, but it, the question is, can he break one? So that's what I'm going to be looking for. Yeah, speaking of Mark Andrews, the tight end positions clearly leans in Steve's favor. Like you said, he's tight end number one on the year. He's had 100 yards, a touchdown in like each of the last three games. Meanwhile, the Redskins get to trot out Noah Fant. Uh. And so I think the uh, key to the game, third key to the game is can Noah Fant keep up with Mark Andrews? No one's going to expect him to outscore him. I mean, but right now he's projected seven points while Andrews is projected 15. So he's got to try to keep up with him because that's definitely Steve's biggest advantage when you look at it positionally. Yeah, if Noah Fant can get a touchdown in this game, that's going to go a long way for Kedzo. Now, the, the other matchup that I see going a long way in this game is quarterbacks. Um, so it's Justin Herbert for the Redskins and Kedzo versus Matthew Stafford for the farts and uh, Steve Herbert is a second overall quarterback this year. Stafford's a fifth. 
but Stafford gets to go up against that incredibly depleted Baltimore secondary along with Cup, you know, OBJ. It, I if you had to pick between those two quarterbacks this week, Big Joe, who would you pick? Leaning Matt Stafford, Baltimore's pass defense has been completely depleted these last few weeks. Look at what Joe Burrow did to him last week. Mm-hmm. It does suck that he's going from West Coast to East Coast. And I believe it's a one o'clock game. So that's oh. 10 a.m. LA time. That hurts. It factors a little bit in there. Yeah. So Justin Herbert is at home taking on Denver. Uh, they've always been a great defense. I, I expect Justin Herbert to have a, a fine day. He's going to get you your 20 points. But I mean, Joe Burrow just got 45 fantasy points against these Ravens last week. Wouldn't be surprised to see Stafford put up 25, 30 points this week. Um, so I, I think that matchup will, if not be the key matchup, it's going to be top two, you know? All right. Now, after those keys, let's make our predictions. Who do you got winning this game? You know, I got the team that kind of came on later in the season. I'm going with the Redskins. The the farts seem to be wafting away as the season trails on. You know, he's starting Dere Ogunbowale, the Jacksonville running back this week, and also Rex Burkhead. I mean, those are not guys you're going to see on a lot of fantasy championship teams. And for that reason, I'm going with the Redskins. Well, for that reason, I'm going with the farts. The farts has stayed fluid. He's making moves. He's not just sticking with his stud, set it, and forget it. He's made these changes. He's starting Dare. How do you root against Dare? It's not Dare. I remember our Dare officer coming to Hague. That's right. I forgot about him. You can't forget about the farts this week. I think he gets it done. 111-104. I think they both break 100, and I think Steve just clips him in a close game. If we're going to call scores here, I'm going to say that Kedso wins 125-112. to Closer but not that close. All right, let's move along to the Dynasty Coast-to-Coast Fantasy Keeper League. Last week, we did have the championship of the consolation bracket where Nick was able to win the 101, which we all kind of predicted. He won 150 to 80.7. He outscored almost every team in the playoffs, and had he made the playoffs, he would have still been alive and advanced to the championship. Oh, that hurts. You got the 101, but you could have had the cash. Way to be first loser. But in the semifinals, we did have Cromartie's child care put up a monster 154 to 110 victory over the 2022 champs. And that was really because Joe Burrow, Devonta Adams, and Justin Jackson all went off. They all had over 30 points. In the other side of the bracket, Team Beers blew out Threat Level Midnight, 130-97. to Nick Chubb chipped in 25. The Cowboys' defense had 25. And Devonta Smith uh, scored 16.5, which sets up this week's championship, featuring two teams who had never been in the championship of this league before. The 6-8 and eight Team Green Beers taking on the 8-6 and six Cromarty's Child Care. They would have played twice during the regular season and they split in week number five Cromartie's child care won 197 wow to 126 and in week nine team beers won 161 Jeez. to 105 Those are some so high scores <laughs> very high scores neither of them close games whatsoever looking at the keys to the game in this one you talked about them last time alvin kamara has uh, not had the season we all you hoped for if you drafted him as early as you did, but also at the same time, Saquon Barkley has probably had even worse season 
These two guys are matched up against each other. You would think this is a premier running back matchup, but unfortunately it is not. Kamara is projected 15 points, but you said he has that tough Carolina defense. Meanwhile, Saquon's in Chicago projected get 11 and a half. Whoever gets the advantage here is going to have an early lead in the game. Again, like the other matchup, I'm looking at the quarterbacks, um, but these are not too high-end quarterbacks per se. Uh, you've got Mac Jones going up against Jacksonville, and you've got Joe Burrow on the other side going up against the Kansas City defense, who, if you haven't been paying attention, has been really good the second half of this season. Uh, so, I, I mean, we all know what quarterbacks can do in fantasy. They, they put up the most points out of any position. Burrow has another explosion of a game than – you know, Kermarty's childcare has a big step on Team Green Beers. Um, that being said, neither one is exactly a top-end quarterback. So we'll, we'll see what happens here. It's definitely something I'll be watching this coming week. Joe Burrow usually gets you about 15 to 20. Obviously, last week's 40 was a huge performance. Meanwhile, Team Beers is trouting out Mac Jones. Now I get it. He's playing Jacksonville. But Mac Jones has only scored over 20 fantasy points twice this entire season. And there's a game where he scored less than half a point. Ouch. To make matters worse, I held on to Mac Jones the first 11 weeks of the year and then had to drop him for an injury and Team Beer scooped him up. So it burns inside to watch a player that I thought I had for the future. I planned on holding on to him for a very long time. And now here he is in the championship. Easy matchup with Jacksonville. But at the same time, he's only projected 15 points. They might just run it all day on Jacksonville. Absolutely. They might just give the ball to Harris. Stevenson should be back this week, I believe. Mm -hmm. You got to hope Mac Jones outperforms his projection for you to have I mean, you're hoping for 200 and a touchdown. That would be amazing. To get two touchdowns, maybe Hunter Henry pops twice. Yeah, that's exactly it. So one of the other things I'm going to be watching this week is the number of Kansas City players that Dr. Greenbeers has on his team. Uh, his team this season, Joe, Joe mentioned his record as six and eight earlier, has gone up and down with the offense of the Kansas City Chiefs. And it's no surprise. His team has Daryl Williams, Tyreek Hill, Travis Kelsey. I mean, he's real heavy on KC. So the matchup they have this week going up against that Cincinnati defense is going to determine a lot in this matchup. It, it may be the single biggest matchup well, micro matchup within this larger matchup. Yeah, from experience, I know that can absolutely kill you because when I played Ryan in the first round, his Chiefs went off as I bitched about a couple weeks ago, and he the, he ended the game on Thursday night. So this week they're at Cincinnati. We'll see if the Chiefs can come through for him. The last key to the game that I'm looking at, Sunday night football, two of the league's premier wide receivers are going to be in the game, matched up against one another in this matchup. Justin Jefferson, wide receiver four on the air. He's taken on Green Bay. Meanwhile, Devonta Adams, wide receiver three. Obviously, he's playing Minnesota for Cromartie's child care. Both these wide receivers, very explosive. You got to assume both of them get in the end zone at some point. You always do when they play. Who gets the edge here is going to determine who can win this game. So I'm also keeping an eye on a receiver, but it's not exactly a stud um even though he has been very good this year and that that's Hunter Renfro over the course of the season he's averaged like eight nine touches a game he'll get a little bit higher than that but the last two games in weeks 15 and 16 he's had five touches or five targets and three targets those are very low numbers and those are very scary numbers 
Now, the last two weeks, he's put up five points and 12 points thanks to a touchdown last week. I mean, it, it, if you got him, you're playing him. It, it doesn't matter. But it, it's something that uh, you need to be concerned about. Uh, that's for sure. Yeah, you could definitely tell defensive has started to scheme against Hunter Renfro, kind of taking him out of the game. You've seen uh, Zay Jones emerge. And yeah, the Raiders haven't looked great the last couple of weeks. They've gotten wins, I believe, in both those games the last two weeks, but low scoring. Hunter Renfro, someone who I was very excited about a couple of weeks ago. After these last two weeks, uh, I'm not as excited. I don't expect him to uh, have a great day against a tough Colts defense. So my prediction for this matchup is that the team with the losing regular season record wins the dynasty championship. And that is Dr. Green beers of six and eight record finished second in the AFC this year. He is going to find a way to pull out a win against Cromartie's childcare. And I think a big portion of that is going to be his Kansas city chiefs. Dr. Beers is a loyal listener to the show. I'm not sure you're aware of that. I'm not. Dr. Beers has a losing record and he's trotting out Mac Jones. Losing record winning team. Not this week, folks. Give me my old roommate. Oh. Give me Cromartie's child care. He's going to get it done. He's been on fire these last few weeks. These teams are so evenly matched. If you go back and look, if they played each other every single week in the regular season, they'd be seven and seven against one another. Wow. So obviously it's going to be a close game. It should be high scoring. It's going to come down to some Kansas city chiefs in that Cincinnati game. Hopefully they have it on TV where they are. I know we get to see it here locally in Detroit on Sunday. So I hope they're watching, but I got a root for Cromartie's childcare. The team I gave Mark Andrews to, Oh, I gave him Melvin Gordon. You, you didn't get anything. Oh, I got DJ Moore and Zeke. Oh, well, there you go. But it doesn't look as good for me right now as it does for Cromartie. <laughs> no, it doesn't. I think Capriati gets it done. He's a slight favorite on ESPN and team beers. You're going down. You took me down and I'm taking you down. Ouch. That burns. I mean, we both picked the opposite of the team that beat us. Of course. Cromartie beat you last week. You picked beers. Beers beat me two weeks ago. I picked Cromartie. Yeah, so. I mean, I'm not picking Cromartie. He beat me. The hell yeah, maybe we're, maybe we're just bitter. No, not us. All right. Our other championship game to talk about is in the Chopping Block League. Last week, it came down to Sunday Night Football as Jeff's best. He saw Dak Prescott and Kamara to play. Tony was sitting there at 78. And Dak Prescott did plenty and he did enough that Jeff didn't have to worry about Kamara on Monday night. He ended up passing Tony by 10 points, some low scores, 90, 88, 78 last week. Wow. So our final two in the chopping block guillotine league is Trent's tip top team taking on Jeff's best team this week. Players on the waiver wire, a couple of huge names as expected. Jonathan Taylor, RB1. Wow. Devonta Adams, wide receiver two. Jeff was out of money. Oh, no. Trent had, Trent had money left. Trent put in the same claim for both players. What? So he could only get one. Oh, come on, dude. And he got Adams, leaving Jeff to scoop up Jonathan Taylor for $0. Oh, my gosh. You have no you idea thinking? how excited Jeff was. 
do you not know how this stuff works? Yeah, you got to play some defense in the guillotine league, especially down at the end. Oh, my God. That's why you have the money. <laughs> yeah, Trent still has $7 left, so could have easily. Yeah, put a $1 bid on him. Yeah, and drop someone on your bench. Yeah. I mean, I get it. We have small benches, but do you really need Ronald Jones or do you need Jonathan Taylor? I, I think that's a pretty easy decision. Exactly. So here is the matchups this week. Okay. This is a two quarterback league. You start six players and you have four on your bench, teeny tiny teams. Again, it's a guillotine every week. The lowest scoring team is eliminated. Their entire roster is put onto waivers. Hence why it's uh, worth it to kind of save some money. The three keys to this game, obviously Jeff got Jonathan Taylor for free. Will it haunt Trent? Jonathan Taylor gets matched up against the Raiders who I believe are without all of their starting linebackers this week. Uh-oh. Spell trouble there for Trent. Trent's starting a double stack. Ooh. And we're not talking about Wendy's. Oh. Stafford and Cup. Oh, very nice. Rogers and Adams. Ooh, in the snow. Uh. So he's got both those stacks going. He also trots out Delvin Cook and Mark Andrews. Mm. Meanwhile, on the other side, uh, Jeff gets Josh Allen, Debo Samuel, Travis Kelsey, Alvin Kamara, and he's rolling Jalen Hurts as his second quarterback. A couple of interesting picks there down at the bottom. Kamara? Yeah, Kamara and Hurts. I think you've got to play Hurts. Matched up against Washington, a team that just looked terrible. Sunday Night Football against the Cowboys. Dak Prescott just tore him apart. And Jalen Hurts, you know, you're automatically guaranteed like four points from 40 rushing yards plus a chance at a touchdown. And there's no way you're benching Josh Allen, who he's at all year. He drafted him. Wow. So, And he's QB1 in this league. So got to go with him. The fantasy pros projection is a 109.7 to 109.3. Whoa. Yahoo projects 121 to 118. Both of those in Trent's favor. So it's going to be a close game. The biggest hope is no injuries because obviously one injury in this game and you're done just like it was probably the last six or seven weeks. If you had an injured player, you had no chance. So in a close projected game, I am going to predict my brother-in-law gets it done. I think the Rams stack and the Packers stack with Dalvin Cook and Mark Andrews is going to be too much to overcome for Jeff's best. I have to agree with you. Uh, I mean, it just sounds like Trent has too good a team despite the uh, Jonathan Taylor misstep. I think he's going to win this one. A couple other leagues I'm involved in, uh, the IDP Promo League. I took down the commissioner, Jay Clark, our auctioneer extraordinaire. So I am back in the finals for the second year in a row. Hey, congratulations. Yeah, I'm not playing Samantha this time. That's great. Thank God. Yeah, for real. <laughs> I matched up against Frank. Oh. So I think everybody knows Frank. Uh, he won it two years ago. So he's back in the finals. This should be a good game for the two of us. In the BWO, uh, we have Tom going against Scott in the finals. Both teams who had a bye last week lost. Kedzo was one of those teams. So he was happy to get to a championship in at least one league. And Tony was the other one. So Tony got dropped in BWO and chopped in the guillotine league. Wow. A lot of people had rough weekends, not just you. Yeah, the roughest. And one other league I have not mentioned all season because it's free, a 16-team league, and I'm in the finals there. And I got DeAndre Swift back, and it sounds like they're going to play him. Nice. So I'm going to trot him out there, and hopefully he falls in the end zone a couple times for me, and I can win a bunch of free nothings. 
Yeah, just what we want. Free stuff. All right. And in your family league, you were in the semifinals going against your father. And, oh, no, not against your father. No, I was going against illegal substitution in the semifinals. And she started Joe Burrow. Oh, and no. And that was all she wrote. So in that league, quarterbacks can put up so many more points in other positions that if you get a quarterback who goes off, it's game over. And that's exactly what I ran into. How many points are we talking for Burrow? Put up like 115. Oh, my. To give you some reference, I started Kyler, and I think he put up like 70 or 75. Gosh, what are your final scores? Just under 200, something like that. It's a different scoring set. I, I'm not crazy about it, but everybody likes it, so whatever. They have fun with it. It's a family league. Yeah, it, exactly. So an all-female championship as Liz takes on Jaleagle Substitution? That's right, yeah. So Liz, uh, she, she beat her dad last week, who was the number one overall seed. Merry uh, Christmas, Dad. Yeah. So uh, it, it's an all-female final. So we'll see if the... Uh, family championship trophy uh goes over to virginia or come comes on up here to michigan oh is liz excited she is we we were going over her lineup earlier today and uh, I, I made a few suggestions didn't do anything because you know it is her team but i gotta make suggestions where you can. we definitely want liz to get a championship yes somebody in this house needs to win a championship no offense jill but i don't know who you are so <laughs> let's say let's save on postage and not ship that trophy to virginia That's right all right, our weekend watch uh, as the college football season comes to an end. There are the two college football playoff games, hopefully on New Year's Eve. Starts at 3.30 on ESPN as Cincinnati takes on Alabama, who's favored by 13 and a half. And then at 7.30, we got Georgia, who's a touchdown favorite over Michigan. Sunday on Fox locally at 1 o'clock, we will see the L.A. Rams favored by 3.5 visit the Baltimore Ravens. And the Kansas City Chiefs are five-point favorites as they visit the Bengals. That game's on CBS. On Fox at 425, our Detroit Lions travel out west to take on the Seattle Seahawks, who are favored by six and a half. Sunday Night Football, NFC North matchup, 820 on NBC. The Vikings are at Lambeau to take on the Packers, who are favored by six and a half. And the week ends on Monday night, on ESPN as the Browns are three-point favorites as they travel to take on the Steelers. One of the games I will be watching, I probably won't watch the whole thing, is the Monday night game. Um, for those of you who aren't aware, this is probably Ben Roethlisberger's last game. So it, it'll be interesting just to see him for a final time um, before he rides off into the sunset or whatever you want to call it. Of course, the game I'm watching this week is going to be Michigan-Georgia. I mean, it's strength versus strength. It should be a great game. I am very excited for it. Yeah, definitely excited for the college football playoff. I hope Cincinnati can hang with Bama. I don't think they're going to win. I'm not even sure they'll cover, but I do just hope it's a, a close game, at least for a while. Obviously, going to be geeked up to watch Michigan. Good luck to all four teams, but obviously, go blue. Go blue. All right, call your shot. Last week, I predicted the KS Tyrants would win the 101, and they did. And you predicted that the farts would beat the fantasy giant and you got it right. Asshole. So yes. All right, go ahead. What's your prediction for this week? I predict that in the legacy league, I will beat you for a second time this season, taking the season series two to one against the fantasy giant. All right. Well, I'm glad that I remembered that third place might not get any money, even though we split, but Third place is going to determine a, a division 
And I would much rather there be a Joe division than a Fink El Scorcho division. That's right. Burn it up. So now I can set my lineup and uh, let's just do it right now. I'm on Ross St. Brown is in the lineup. He <laughs> should have done this the last two weeks and yeah. I changed my mind last second. So not this time. Yeah. And I got Zeke in my lineup this week. So that's not going to be a screw up. <laughs> there you go. Uh, also, just a reminder for those teams in Legacy that are out of it. I'd said I would post uh, the possible keepers. There might be a couple players on the waiver wire. You can go add to your team right now that could uh, produce for you next year. Just take a look. Make sure they weren't on anybody else's roster. Obviously, if you go add Christian McCaffrey, DeAndre Hopkins, Calvin Ridley, that's going to do nothing for your team. But if you want to take a chance and add a player like uh, Janu Smith. No, he was drafted. Mm, let's see. Who's the player that Gotta might be somebody. Be or possibly there's a player you dropped that maybe you want to pick back up. So a Calvin Ridley or something like that. Exactly. All right. Thank you everyone for listening to the fantasy giant podcast. I'll try to get that article up with all the keeper options for next year. So if you're in the legacy league, you can take a look and uh, make your picks. As always, the picks are due Super Bowl Sunday by kickoff. So you got a, you know, a little bit over a month to make those decisions. Good luck to all six teams participating in their finals and everybody else who is in a final and all your other leagues. Obviously it's a lot more fun when you win. It sucks when you lose, so talk all the trash you can this week because you might not be able to say anything next week. We will have a show next week. We'll kind of recap and crown our champions, so make sure you guys listen next week. Have a wonderful New Year's weekend. Stay safe, and hopefully your players do as well. Genian Quiley. <laughs>